Welcome, Welcome to X-Rated, X-rated movies. movies. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, I did a little jazz hands. Yeah, a little, little, little fossy hands. A little, I'm channeling uh, Kristen Wiig doing uh, Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Little fossy <laughs> The best jokes are the ones that like you hope are true. <laughs> <laughs> like if I went over to Liza Minnelli's place, I'd imagine that it'd just be like strewn throw pillows because she keeps just falling over things. <laughs> Where would you go uh, on your date with Liza Minnelli? What, what's going to take oh, her Oh, where wouldn't I go? We've got to go to that restaurant in uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan. Wherever. Oh, Sardi's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her where her picture went. Uh-huh. <laughs> Didn't your picture used to be right there where that green guy is now? I mean, Sardi's would be fun, but no, I'd want to take her to the clubs. Oh, okay. You know, I'd want to go, like, stir up gossip and controversy. Mm-hmm. Like, if we went to Sardi's, like... Yeah, and she probably knows all the waiters there and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I'd rather go someplace where it would cause a buzz. Mm. You know, like if we went to Pony or something like that. uh, (laughs) I think she'd be into it, honestly. Oh, yeah? She'd go out. She'd be standing on that fire pit singing a song. Uh, She might even get up on the pole. (laughs) I'd let her. We're not allowed to for insurance purposes, but, you know, she's Lasher (laughs) Minnelli. I'd take her on karaoke nights yeah she could do uh you know don't tell mama or something like that i'd like to have her do something like roxy music or something like that oh yeah what if she goes up and does like american pie and you're like god (laughs) damn it it. (laughs) goes up in a stairway to heaven Uh, you're just like liza you're embarrassing me in front of my friends no she'd know better yeah she'd probably she'd, she'd pick some gold she'd pick some show tune you know chicago i just can't do it alone or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. A good showstopper. This is fun to imagine Liza Minnelli's <laughs> uh, karaoke choices. I mean, I like to think that she still actively like goes out and clubs and dances. Yeah. You know, what, what if she's still like you know kind of hip and does like uh, I don't blow ninety? 90- <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, this was not my intended opening banter. Uh, but sequel. I mean, I can talk about Liza Minnelli all day. Sh- should we just continue talking about her? <laughs> So in Cabaret. <laughs> you know that famous Ellen picture from the Oscars that one year? Yeah. Uh, there's like a oh. picture of her. Like she was trying to get in the photo, but she's so short. Yeah. She couldn't get over like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> she is tiny. Yeah. She's like 5'5 five five or something. <laughs> like Prince height. <laughs> she could stand on the shoulders of Tom Cruise and still not make it over. <laughs> Do, you Do you think they ever tried to sneak into a club that they both couldn't get into, like with a trench coat? Like like when two kids trying to get into an Uh (laughs) R-rated (laughs) movie. She's on Tom Cruise's shoulders. (laughs) I I like that she's the the head in the situation. (laughs) She's this 10-foot high woman. They go spiky hair. That's what they do. They're like, uh, they try to save money on going to movies, and so uh, they they sneak in that way. (laughs) <laughs> One senior, please. <laughs> That's why she's on top, yeah. so they can get the senior discount uh-huh. to the matinee of <laughs> crazy rich Asians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think they sit right next to one another? <laughs> Well, yeah. They go to like a Wednesday matinee, so like the theater's empty, and it's just like the two of them <laughs> sitting directly next to one another. And they just uh, they just shit talk the movie the whole time. 
what do you think their theater routine is? Do you think they sit near the front, near the back? Do you think they do it square in the middle? They're, I'm picturing like far back row. Yeah. Like, like in the last three or so. I'm thinking like front right hand corner so they can throw popcorn okay. at the screen. <laughs> I was picturing them still throwing popcorn oh. and it's just like, you know, showering anybody who's in front of them. <laughs> Sir, ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> oh, God, to be that usher. <laughs> I once kicked out Tom Cruise in an incredibly intoxicated Liza Minnelli. <laughs> she had on the longest trench coat I've ever seen. <laughs> Out of a 1 p.m. showing of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Have you ever had the theater to yourself, by the way? I was just thinking about this today. I've come close, but I've never... I don't think I've ever been in it like by myself. It's only happened twice for me. Once when I went and saw the Lego movie. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. It was uh, at the AMC Pacific Place, and it was in one of the larger theaters, uh-huh. but it was near the end of the run, and it was uh-huh. like, it was a matinee, and I went in, and I was the only person in the theater, sat down, and then somebody came in, and I was like, oh, damn, I really wanted the theater myself, and he left like 10 minutes into the movie. What? And I was just like, this is great. Everybody is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is not <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And I remember, like, that that was a real sign that I kind of liked some of the movies. I'm sorry. Everything is not awesome. I wasn't going to correct you. There we go. The other time was when I went and saw it when they re-released Jurassic Park. If you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. It was a smaller theater at the Meridian. Okay. And it was uh, me and two other friends, and we had the theater to ourselves, which was great. Because when the moment, you know, when... After we've seen the like famous Spielberg stare, and you see the Brachiosaurus and the music swells, we all got to sing along and go na 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 na, <laughs> super loud. It was uh-huh. fun. It was a good time. Good time. <laughs> uh, no, I've I've come close, but no, I don't think I've ever actually been alone. There was, I can't remember if I told this on the episode, but when I saw Duke of Burgundy in theaters. Oh right, yeah, and. You did tell this on the episode. Okay. Because I just listened to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. And yeah, even though it was like six other people in in the theater, like someone sat directly in front of Devin and I. <laughs> this happened to me at Avengers Endgame, which I saw this week. Maybe oh. we should do a quick and dirty. But okay. um, I had the whole aisle and the theater was not full. Mm-hmm. And somebody came in and they sat next to me. The full aisle was open and they sat directly next to me. It's like movie theaters and buses have the same rules. Like, <laughs> there's like a level of comfort, and the less full the bus and or movie theater is, the greater that level becomes. Yeah. I was scared to go to the bathroom because I was sure the guy was going to stand next to me, even <laughs> oh. though there's like a wall of urinals. All right, movie theaters, buses, urinals. They all have a personal space bubble that yeah. diminishes as it, as it becomes more crowded. But Which is fine. I accept that fact. Yeah. If I have to, mm-hmm. but and I stayed in my seat out of spite and just peed in your pants. <laughs> just like it's gonna smell in here, and <laughs> all your fault. And I even like leaned into the armrest that was between us, and so. Oh really? You you took up both armrests? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like that was his fault. That was his choice, <laughs> and it was the wrong one. Yeah, uncouth. Like, you'd think that the, we shouldn't need these, like, rules and regulations printed someplace, but maybe in a theater, it's like, if you don't know the person, and there's ample seating elsewhere, sit elsewhere. But that that's the, the sort of common courtesy that 
if someone disregards it, there's got to be something off about them too. Yeah. Like if you're on an empty bus and the person sits directly next to you, that's like red flags that's all like over the place. That's like sociopathic, yeah. basically. Like either you acknowledge the, the societal norms and don't care or you are flagrantly flaunting them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Either way, I don't want to sit next to you. <laughs> Third option, you're taking part in a sociological study where you sit next to people in empty areas and see how they react. Oh, it's like that one that like blows people's minds where if you get on an elevator and don't turn around. Right. Like people cannot handle that. Like people just think like the world's falling apart. The, the, The pillars of society are literally crumbling. What if it's a glass elevator and I want to look out? What are you, Charlie... Bucket. Bu- bucket. Glad you were there for me on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, you got it. I saw a funny tweet the other day that was like, uh, happy Thursday to everyone except for Charlie Bucket's grandfather who stayed in bed for years while they lived in <laughs> destitute poverty, but then jumped out when he's like, I'm going to go to the chocolate factory. <laughs> and like, yeah, wow. fuck that guy. What the fuck? <laughs> Whoever tweeted that, I, lo- I love that his rage boiled over on that Thursday. <laughs> like he was sitting on it. He's like, yeah. That guy's a piece of shit, but I don't need to call him on it. <laughs> and then it just like snowballed and snowballed like, and snowballed. Keep thinking about it. Yeah. And then Thursday, he's like, you know what? Like, happy Thursday, except to that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Fuck that grandpa guy. Bucket. We've got a movie to talk about, Matt. Do we? Can we call this a movie? Today's movie, Three Day Weekend, directed by one Rob Williams and produced, fun fact, by a Matthew Montgomery, who we may or may not know from a little movie called Pornography, colon, a thriller. Same note. Who played uh, uh, Michael in the, the middle chapter of Pornography, a thriller. Right. We're discovering... I'm realizing, especially with this movie and pornography, a thriller, there's this little like network, a little Los, microcosm, yeah, of, of Los Angeles gays making movies in the late 2000s that like I am here for. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to unravel all of this web because I feel like it's very exciting to me. The way Matthew Montgomery's character in pornography, a thriller, went did a deep dive. You want to do this into bad gay LA based movies from like '96 to like 2012. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would even narrow it down from like 2006 to 2012. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, what are we digress. talking about? Three Day Weekend, 2008. This is a movie with emotions, with feelings. And with not a lot of cinematic qualities. Yeah. So I chose this one because really all of our previous installments on our bad gay movie exploration have been sort of thriller, mystery, or in the case of Altitude Falling, futuristic sci-fi movies. Like there was always we got a type. (laughs) There was a gimmick on top of the gayness for a lot of these things, Mm -hmm. and really. Just sort of gay drama is something that we've eschewed in the in this season. Definitely. Because it just fails so easily. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, because like if you have a horror, a gay horror movie that is bad, there's gonna be like, oh well, it's at least scary sometimes, right. or these kills were pretty gory and fun. Or if it's like a sci-fi movie, like there's something to make fun of. Cause like, Oh, this looks cheap or that looks hokey or that's yeah. sort of silly. But like with gay drama, like if it doesn't succeed in that, like one <laughs> dimension, then you really don't have anything else to mm-hmm. work with. Mm-mm. This plane is not getting off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so earnest in its attempt to be, it's like an update on uh, the boys in the band, basically, well, yeah, or tries to be. They, they mention two movies in it. Like they have this little meta thing, and I know how much you love your meta. Oh, I hated it here. <laughs> <laughs> they mention both boys in the band and longtime companion. No, I thought oh, and love, valor, compassion. Oh, okay. But they they explicitly make reference to these movies. This place reminds me of that movie, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Let's hope not. The boys in the band. No, it wasn't a musical. <laughs> Love, Valor, Compassion? That's it. And it's like, oh, now you're just asking to be like part of this club. Uh-huh. Like, uh, that's what's going on here. I was thinking like, okay, I got it. You're trying to be like the boys in the band. But the problem is that like that movie or play, however you want to think about it, has really well-defined characters that are like, yeah, a little stereotypical, but like... At least I, I can remember each of them and, and what they stand for. And in this, other than like the horrible caricature of a yoga teacher, <laughs> I'm really struggling to find like any... Uh, what about the horrible caricature of a, of a prostitute? <laughs> Andre? Yeah. I guess like... See, with Boys in the Band, another William Friedkin gem... What made it so effective is that it seemed like an accurate reflection of gay life. Like, you had to carve out these times where you could be yourself, mm-hmm. and it had to be someplace, you know, private or exclusive. Like, yeah, maybe a bar, but like, you know, or someone's patio, but like, you had to like make time to be yourself. And then it also still kind of came with guilt and self-loathing yeah. and like there were stakes. Yeah. And it's like, even when you were being yourself, you're like, you still live with your own baggage. And like, that's what made boys in the band really engrossing and, yeah. and accurate. But three day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They, the, oh, first of all, they're the most privileged people. And right, they're like, so, wham, my life. Two of them are, uh, own this, Fabulous cabin. Gorgeous cabin. Yeah, it's great. And every so often they go out there to spend a, a, a weekend or a three-day weekend, if you will. A titular three-day weekend. Uh, to just get away from it all for a little while, mm-hmm. which sounds fucking perfect. And in the beginning, of the, they, they're they like talking about it, and one of them's like, Every long weekend like this one, Jason and I go away with his friend Cooper and his boy of the moment. Same place. Same conversations, blah, blah, blah. Sounds boring. It's like, that sounds awesome. I was like, you sound like a baby. Yeah. Jesus. Because no, I mean, they go out there and they drink wine and they hang out like in the wilderness, you know, more or less. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a nice weekend away from everything. Yeah, I, I, 
look forward to things like that. But yeah, they were complaining about it, so they wanted to like throw a little like a, a wrench in the gears a little bit. So everyone had to uh, bring a single friend to this thing. By the way, there's a cheat. We have a cheat sheet this week because uh, it's all <laughs> just super generic names. Like, listen to the names of these characters: Ace, Cooper, Andre, Jason, Simon, Kevin, Cameron, and Mac. Listen, I feel you. I'm so glad it's here. I'm not complaining. <laughs> and there's no famous people in this movie, so we can't be like, "Oh, Liza Minnelli hooked up with Tom Cruise <laughs> before they went and saw." Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling to think of a movie. <laughs> I almost spit out my spritz just now. Um, <laughs> this episode's a mess. <laughs> Already. Okay. But like, so th- there's no famous people and they all have super generic names and they're all just basic white bitches. So yes. it's like, th- th- like, there's really not even an ounce of color. Like we can't even be stereotyping and be like, well, the the Latino one. Right. Like, they're all Which white in the guys. band has? Like... <laughs> and they're all like this roughly like the same age like the daddy type is like i don't know f- mid 40s or something sure yeah yeah but honestly his boyfriend ace didn't seem super young no yeah like 20s mid 20s uh, yeah yeah mid to late 20s yeah. i'd say i will say like you know the age discrepancy between them so like this i was thinking about this like with altitude falling we were kind of like ew grossed out by their situation i'm not offended by um you know may december romances oh yeah that's great and i think that they should be shown on screen the difference is that like this one wasn't written by the director where he could just like casting couch anybody he wanted into it yeah yeah like this feels totally fine by me like no their relationship looked legit like if i saw this as a real life couple like it would make sense to me like i would get it and the man who plays uh, Cooper, the daddy mm-hmm. one, was in, you know, other films that we've seen. It seems so familiar to me. You know, uh, but they, they both of them invite someone. So Ace invites Cameron, who is his college roommate, who's like the jockey one. The cute one in my mind. Yeah, he was cute. He was, he, for me, he, like, I don't know if this is a question for later, but he was the cutest one for me. He was like a Sean Cody model. Yeah, he yeah. had a great smile. Yeah, he had a good smile. But uh, Cooper, the daddy one, the older one, invites Kevin, who was the yoga instructor who like teaches a n- nude yoga class. I was embarrassed when he came on. <laughs> it's just like, this is terrible. There's such a great energy here. This is going to be a wonderful and enlightening weekend. A, I hate doing this. Not super attractive. B, like... As someone who does yoga, like this impression of a yogi is it's offensive. I, I didn't want to use the o a little word. bit. <laughs> I, I don't want to throw the o word around, <laughs> but it definitely seems like it's written by someone who's never actually taken a yoga class. Like, yeah, you know, he's like meditating on the pool table and things like that. I'm like, okay. They're not just like all space cases. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, is that like he's also kind of like credited the yoga freak was right this was wonderful and he does like 
great therapy work for that one Twinkie guy who has problems and with he, his body. And he stuff. sees everyone's aura and things like that. Well, like, that's like, yeah, that, that's the embarrassing. Like that's the part where it's like you can't. Like they're trying to play it both ways. They're trying to be like yoga is healing and you should really do it and like do the work. But then they also are like, look at this weirdo over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, like pick a lane, guys. Like what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, no one stay in your lane. <laughs> So the two people who own this cabin, Jason and Simon, this has like Woody Allen-esque problems with me. Like in Woody Allen movies, like there's two extremes. You can either be like a monogamous couple and miserable or you can be like single and swinging and like be empty inside. Mm -hmm. And it's like this is oddly a couple that's both those things at once. Yeah. What was their problem? It, it's like instead of like meeting in the middle where they have like an happily open, like on their own terms relationship, it's like they're together on their own terms and miserable about it. Well, and like they're like, let's go have this weekend where we're going to invite single people and there's probably going to be like people fucking around and it's going to be a real strain on our relationship. But like. They get upset when stuff happens. Like, they got upset when people were having sex with other people. Simon has sex with the uh, sex worker that he invited to come on. And then, like, Jason is upset about that? Well... I didn't understand that. One one thing that, like, when I first watched this a long time ago that bothered me instantly is that Simon invites Andre. Andre is a prostitute. He's a sex worker. That just seems like such a hornet's nest. Like, you are in a relationship. The prostitute that you are banging on the side, you bring to this, but, like, has to play it cool. Like, your live-in boyfriend does not know about this very steady... Like, they mentioned that it's been years. Yeah. It's like, you've been paying this guy for sex for years, and you decide to bring him to this, like, weekend getaway. Yeah. I don't know how this isn't asking for drama. But isn't like the premise of the whole weekend anyway, like asking for drama, like inviting all these single people in to like spice things up, quote unquote, like, isn't that just asking for drama too? Yeah. The whole situation is like, let's see how upset we can make each other. Yeah. You know, like what the fuck? And well, I feel like inviting a friend out to one of these things, like, okay, I get that. Yeah. You don't want it to just be the couple and Cooper and his, you know, boy du jour. Sure. Like, I, I can understand that getting repetitive. So, like, bringing in more people seems fine. Absolutely. They got and the space the for is, it. Yeah, the house can accommodate. Sure, I get it. But, but sp- like, putting stipulations on it, being like, they have to be gay and single, like... I, yeah, I don't understand the, the that. having to be single thing like that seems to be asking for trouble because then you're just asking people to hook up, but also <laughs> then having an active sex worker come by and paying him up front for the whole weekend. Yeah. A, are you getting a wholesale price on this? Because that guy, everybody had a turn. <laughs> like he hopped from cock to cock that weekend. Like he got laid like four times in a three day weekend. And I am, if I was the casting person for this movie, I don't think I would have cast Daniel Ryder as the rent boy. He looks like he's wearing a wig, number one. (laughs) 
Number it, two, he it, looks, it, it was how you bleached your hair back in the day, but yeah. He just didn't look like the type of person that people would be paying lots of money for. He, is that shitty to say? He's cute in a Dax Shepard sort of way. He's cute, and he had a nice body, and you see him in like some cute underwear, but Ryan's shrugging his shoulders he, for our listenership out he there. He had my least favorite butt in that butt scene, so... None of them really butts. had great butts in that butt no, scene. No, but Ace is, is one that I would bury my face in if I had to. <laughs> I just kind of chalked it up to bad cinematography. Mm, yeah, like, it kind of just made all their butts look pasty and pale. This whole movie has terrible cinematography. Why does it look... Like, everything is green screen. I know. What is that? Like, while they were out hiking, I was like, oh, they actually seem to be, like, near some woods. (laughs) But then there's just some scenes where, yeah, like, they'd be on, like, the deck or the porch or whatever. I'm like, oh, maybe they're not in front. Like, maybe that was just, like, the gravel next to their house. (laughs) When they were in the house, I was like, I know they're physically in that house. But it looks green screened, and I don't understand what the. I mean, there must be something weird with the lighting, or so you remember when we that. reviewed The Exorcist, and we were talking about how like there was a scene where like Ellen Bernstein got like, you know, pulled against a wall, and like the chair closed the door yeah. she while broke her coccyx. Yeah, and Reagan is bouncing on the bed or having convulsions or whatever, and it was actually like three separate sets, but like the illusion was so complete, like it looked, it felt like when you're watching just one room. Yeah. This does not have that. <laughs> no, it does not. Like, this feels like they filmed one scene in, like, a living room <laughs> and one scene on a deck that may or may not have trees behind it. <laughs> what is that? Like, yeah. why does it look this way? But, I don't know, sometimes the photography was bad. Like, yeah, the, the butt scene where they're all, like, tanning their backsides. I was just like, oh, the lighting's so bright. It's just making them look pasty and pale. Yeah. Also, by the just real fast while we're on that scene, they were all clenching. <laughs> I saw it too. There was a there was a moment when when like uh, Cameron is talking about like maybe becoming a uh, sex worker, sex worker, and he says, "Hey, do you get paid more for bit racking?" And I heard bit racking, <laughs> and I rewound it and and listened again. I was like, "Oh, it's definitely bit racking." <laughs> do you get paid more for bit racking? <laughs> and I was like, "What is that?" I've never heard of that, and I Googled it later, and all I got was, like, uh, Bitcoin trackers. <laughs> That's why I was, was that like, Bitcoining? Bit tracker, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I watched it with subtitles and figured out it was barebacking. Oh, but like, okay. Guys, like, that's... That's not great. That's not great sound. <laughs> yeah. Barebacking? And on the page of Not Great Sound, why does every scene have music with lyrics underneath it? Like, why are people... Co- it was confusing. Near Constant music with lyrics underneath it. It was like you'd hear the like if the dialogue and these emotions we're supposed to be feeling from what these characters are saying is so important. Don't garble it up by by putting like music with somebody singing underneath. It, it. was also terrible music. Yeah, <laughs> music it, was it was like either Lilith Fair fodder <laughs> or Dave Matthews knockoffs. It was tragic. It was very bad. <laughs> But and distracting. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? No one, no one thought that while watching this. So the sound design was terrible, but then the sound logic was also <laughs> terrible. A nobody could hear each other. 
You know how, like, when you see a play and, like, people will be talking, but, like, just their lips are moving, you can't actually hear them? Uh-huh. Because, like, two main people are having a dialogue that you actually need to listen to? They did that in the movie. <laughs> and it was very odd, because sometimes there'd be nobody actually talking. <laughs> like, it would just be sort of soft mutterings of, like, two people, like, miming a conversation to one another. <laughs> There's so much weird blocking in this movie. <laughs> like, oh no, it, it's blocked like a television sitcom. Like six of them will be sitting on one side of a coffee table. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? But it's like if you watch something like Friends, like you don't notice it. Like there's enough like camera action. But this is like, why are all six of them <laughs> sitting on half of a coffee table? There was one, especially like when I took the note, it was like there were three of them standing up together and like had their arms around each other. And then the other, like there was a couple other people sitting on the couch and I was like, this looks so awkward. Yeah. Like really. I know you're trying to get like all the people in the scene, but it looks so unnatural. And then like the goodbye scene when they're all saying goodbye, like they're all standing in a line in front of the fireplace. Yeah. It's like made me uncomfortable because it feels like what what is this i would hate being in this situation but did you ever notice that like nobody could hear someone until basically they were touching the other person yeah so the yoga instructor <clears throat> kevin <laughs> mm-hmm. when he hooked up with mac after they have that like really awful courtship where kevin is looking into mac's aura and seeing a heart that cares more for other people than he cares about himself. Let me tell you what I see. They bang. <laughs> and like the next morning they're like calling they're like Mac, Kevin or whatever they're saying and they go into their rooms, they open the door <laughs> and see that like they've pushed the twin beds together and that they're sleeping in that like totally movie way where it's like the comforters covering them from the waist down, but like they've fallen asleep while like embracing each uh-huh. other, half sitting up. Uh-huh. No, then he goes and calls his friends over, like, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? And, and like multiple no. people come into the doorway <laughs> and don't hear, like, they don't wake up from this. I was about to say, like, I wake up, like, at pretty much the drop of a hat, like, for stuff like this, like, if a physical person enters my room. But I will say my boyfriend had to like get up and go to work super early one day and I did not notice. He got up at like 5 a.m. and like left and I didn't realize he had to go to work so early. And then when I woke up, I was like, where'd he go? Maybe the yoga instructor brought drugs that we didn't see. And oh, maybe, maybe, you know, I mean, that would probably go in with like his whole character vibe. He puts the E in yogi. Mm, there you go. <laughs> Even though there's no E in yogi. <laughs> So, not to skip forward too much, we're not doing a, a, a plot point There's analysis There's no here. plot in this movie anyway, so fuck it. It's drama, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but at one point, Simon has sex with Andre. Right. Simon, being the guy who's had this extended affair with this sex worker, has sex with this sex worker, and his boyfriend... Jason catches them and they're like Andre and Simon are making out on the bed and Jason comes in like opens the door sees this neither of the two parties notice he walks over and Simon I guess doesn't see 
Jason walk in. <laughs> and Jason literally leans onto the bed and no one reacts until he actively says, like, can I get in on this? My turn. Like, if not until he's physically on top of these people before they hear him. Do you think that's like that was a hint? They like they did notice him, but they're like, maybe if we just ignore him, we'll go away. <laughs> oh, that's the worst three way to be in. <laughs> And then he doesn't, and they're just like, oh, all right, no. well, great. This is happening. So they have a three-way, and they shoot it all romantic, like, as I was if, like, say, it was a bonding experience. But then the next scene is, The like, next scene is Andre is passed out cold. He's been roofied hard, <laughs> judging by the fact that they have an entire conversation and Andre does not wake up from any of it. Nope, yeah, he's in the middle of them, too. And I just want to point out the reason why we think this is so funny is because this movie's deathly serious. <laughs> They're treating this like hardcore drama. So like the idea that like two people can talk loudly <laughs> while a, a third party sleeps peacefully and angelically between the two of them is just absurd. Yeah. Any ounce of realism just goes out the window. So it's it you know, you were talking about having it both ways with a yoga teacher. This is trying to have it both ways where it's like bending the rules of reality yeah. a la cinema, <laughs> but also being just like a deathly serious, you know, Edward Albee play or something yeah. like that. That's the thing is like this movie is asking to be part of that canon of like Boys in the Band, etc. Mm-hmm. But like does not deserve no. that oh. in any way. So... After this three-way, like, Jason and Simon are talking. Yes, I got their names right. And Jason, like, turns the tables a little bit on the situation. And he's like, yeah, you you go out with the other people. I'll be fine in here. And, like, starts, like, hugging Andre towards him. Yeah. And, like, starts making out with Andre, who really is just a sex bot, (laughs) apparently, because... He's just like, oh, this person wants to have sex with me now. Yeah, great. Here we go. Here we go. Andre, who's already had sex with Cameron? Yeah. Yeah, at they, this point. They messed around. Uh, Yeah, they had sex the previous night. And also, apparently, like, because when Andre comes in, like, everyone's like, Andre. Yeah. Andre. 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 It was like a Leon moment. <laughs> Leon! <laughs> like everyone knew who he was for some reason. So Andre has been around. Andre knows this group. Well, uh, the yoga teacher, Kevin, claims that Andre lives in his building right. on top. Right. I forgot about that. So there's that. But then I don't know if they even explain why the other people Cooper, know. Cooper said his name, too. Yeah, but they don't. And do they explain? Max said it because it was that was his first time was with him. Oh, okay. Because okay. Mac, like was curious and wanted to fuck somebody and so he ended up like Mac wanted to find out what he liked. Yeah, so he ordered this guy off of backpage.com or whatever and Okay. Yeah. So that's how he knows him, but he's real popular. He's yeah, he he gets around. All right, everyone's hooking up with with everyone, which, you know, you throw a bunch of attractive gays in in a pool, like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean that's the thing like wh- why is this couple like bringing everybody into their problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It just feels like we're fighting and you guys have to be around us while we're doing it. <laughs> well, because Ace and Cooper seem to be 
like in that new romance honeymoon phase. Or like, let's take it to the next step. Let's take a vacation together. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. And see if, if this works out great, then good. Things are going to be good. And like, there's nothing about that relationship that makes me think like, oh, it's not a healthy relationship. They seem to have good sex. They seem to like each other. They're like, we're going to invite these single people, but I'm really interested in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing about that relationship seems dramatic. So then I'm like, why are you even here? <laughs> why are you in this movie? What are you here for? I guess they're only there because uh, Cooper previously dated someone who, who had AIDS who died. Oh, I missed that. Like, they're having the discussion about the movies, and, like, Cooper took the stance of, like, oh, we these movies are important because these stories need to be told. And then, like, he kind of he goes on to say, like, I've had, like, the uh, fortune of loving two great people in my life, mm-hmm. and the implication is that one of them passed away. And I'm assuming that it was because he was uh, defending these HIV movies so much. Okay. It was because, yeah. you know. Good inference. <laughs> Um, I was probably busily scribbling notes about how you hated the sound. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this Dave Matthews band song playing under this? I'm glad that we've been able to talk about this movie as much as we have because I was watching this like, what are we going to talk about? I took more notes on this than I have in a long time. So oh, okay. I've got plenty of things. So we've talked a little bit about the terrible blocking. Mm-hmm. One thing this movie also does really bad is like everything else. <laughs> Just stereotypical shit. Mm. Like, there's that scene when Jason and Simon are fighting while they're in bed. And, like, when the fight finally reaches a zenith, they both, like, turn off the opposite sides on the bed. They're, like, sitting opposite with their backs to each other. And it's just, like, really? (laughs) Like, that's the best you can pull out blocking-wise for this? Like, I don't know. Stuff like that's embarrassing. There was another one where, like... There's a scene where Andre is going to go hang out with Cameron. Okay. And, like, the shot's, like, in the kitchen or something and, like, looking out onto outside and Cameron's outside smoking a joint. And, like, Andre walks into the scene and, like, strikes a few (laughs) poses and then, like, oh, there's Cameron. I'll go say hi to him, like, notices. And you're just, like... There's just so many better ways to do this, you know, like in 2008, even like <laughs> I I could do a better version of it. So speaking of striking poses, did you notice the great lengths this movie went to to hide dicks, but then just <laughs> wantingly show them elsewhere? Yeah. Like Andre, like they had his like post hot tub scene and like he's sitting his leg yeah his leg is <laughs> is up so it's just covering his junk but then you know kevin the yoga instructor oh right yeah like he walks around naked it's not a problem and we get simon like out of the shower we see his dong we got cooper's dong when he's uh like he takes off his harness and then like cuddles with ace oh yeah that's yeah so. it just strikes me as weird that it went at such great lengths to like do these like burlesque show sort of hiding dong poses, but then just whip it out at other sessions. Maybe those actors got more money, so there's like only a certain amount of actors that can show dong because they like you, they get a bonus for that. I don't know. <laughs> you get a bonus for hanging dong. Yeah, yeah. I, the hang I would dong imagine. bonus. <laughs> it's in your contract. Yeah, could be, could be, but yeah, I don't know. All that stuff just seemed strange. 
if there was dong why would you go to these great lengths to like hide it like all right so andre the actor's name being daniel Ryder. He, so he's he's got a no dong contract uh-huh. why would you go to these lengths to, to like hide the dong when you can just get the dong elsewhere yeah like I don't if, know. It, good it, question if you're craving the d you you still got it in this movie why do you need to tantalize us or tease us with see this is going to be a great little nugget in the book we write about this little <laughs> period of time in los angeles bad gay movies wait did i already say we should write a book about this yeah we, we were talking about it just a minute ago <laughs> Because I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, right, I should just write a book on this period of time. <laughs> I don't remember saying it out loud, though. That's okay. Wow, that rosé just <laughs> Woo. goes right to my head. Okay, let me let me look at these notes because I have a lot. Okay, so another thing I hated about this movie. There are at <laughs> least three times when they make the same joke. You sure you want me to come? Again? I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about coming together. <laughs> we did manage that, didn't we? Feel the life force of these woods coming inside you. Give me a break. Yeah. Like, it was relentless and I embarrassing. Mean, like, that's terrible writing. Well, I mean, there was a lot of things that were played so earnestly that I'm like, are you serious? Like, when they're walking into the cabin. You think he likes it? I'm not sure. Kids today are so hard to read. It's that darn MySpace. Really? <laughs> You went and clickety clacked that up and thought like that was realistic dialogue, or when uh, or the Georgia O'Keeffe joke. You couldn't get away from these these graphic images. I totally thought I was gonna throw up. <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> what was the exhibit? Georgia O'Keeffe's flower painting. We're gays. We hate vaginas. Gross. Or when Jason and Mac are like having that like late night snack, and uh, Mac is like, Hey, remind me to send Cooper a thank you card. Or a muffin basket. Does he eat carbs? I mean, those are the two lines that I mentioned last week at the end of the <laughs> episode. But I was like, both of them are said so earnestly that it's like, really? Someone typed this up, looked at it, and was like, yeah, this is how my people talk. Right. And, like, we're supposed to believe if this is trying to aim for, like, you know gay canon like uh-huh. a, a step from boys from the band like we're supposed to believe that this is sort of something we can all rally behind like, yeah we all feel this way you know and like i don't <laughs> yeah. i don't relate to really any of these people except for the yoga instructor i guess because i do yoga and we both hate him yeah <laughs> so like what the fuck yeah my problem with it is that you and i in our everyday life try and you know not create drama or not play into the stereotype that gay people love drama it's like what's that meme that goes around it's like oh i'm really low maintenance when you get to know me and it's like when you get to know me it's a picture of like beyonce and like sequence and a headdress uh-huh. and i feel like this movie like just flies in the face of like what you and i actively try and not be inviting a rent boy like Prepaying him for the weekend, a rent boy that you've had a relationship with for multiple years to this getaway. Like, how is that not asking for drama? Because the the implication is like this sex worker is going to sleep with other people. Like, he's all paid up for the like the retainer's already there. Like, down I mean, payment in full. Kevin, is it Kevin? No, <laughs> this uh, his name is Simon. <laughs> has that speech where he's like, I don't have many friends. 
friends of my own. I didn't have anyone else to invite. I had to pay someone to be my friend this weekend. So we're supposed to feel sad for him. But also, like, A, we've talked about how it's like, they're inviting drama no matter what. Like, this is a dramatic situation. And then they get upset when the drama happens. Yeah. Like, I know people who love to stir the pot. Sure. And then when it's happening, they relish in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't see anybody relishing in this drama that they've set up for themselves. Yeah. Like, that makes more sense to me than, like, setting up all these this house of cards and then getting upset when it starts to tumble. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't understand. Like, that rings so false to me. Yeah. I, I mean, that's exactly it. It's like they like the idea of like this drama. And then when it actually happens, like they're just torn apart by it. And especially because most of the people come out. Okay. Except for Simon and Jason who like have the longest term relationship here. Right. And it's their house. Yeah. It's their house. And it's like, they talk about like the money that they've spent to like get like a civil union, basically to like protect each other legally, to have a will, to have a living will, blah, blah, blah. And, I don't know the idea that like you would just like willingly like flaunt what seems to be a tenuous relationship. Yeah. It rings so false. Like nothing feels right about any of it or relatable. No. Like I've been to parties where it's like, oh, there's going to be drama here. But like there are people excited about that. Sure. When you go to those, me included sometimes. But like there's just no there's none of that in this like so it feels it just feels so fake yeah and like a setup for drama in a way that is so unreal like yeah i can't can't get into this world because i don't believe this world would ever exist yeah and i mean that's really the movie's failings like obviously many gay movies many gay movies that we like have drama perhaps there's even a shit stirrer in it who like (laughs) instigates this drama and relishes in it sure but this is like they poke drama in the eye with a stick and then are terrified when drama wakes up and comes after (laughs) them yeah what the fuck they're like what did we do to deserve this (laughs) if he invited andre who you know andre's a sex worker he's like come out to the weekend no sex just as a friend yeah like i could almost kind of get behind that sure but the idea that he's like, here's the money for the, the whole weekend, like, which I don't even know how much you'd have to pay a sex worker for, like, carte blanche sex all weekend, like, with multiple partners. Like, I don't even know what that bill would look like. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure they invoice. Well, and also, like, he bitches about, like, why I can only invite, like, women or something like that. Like, was there a stipulation that it had to be a single gay man? white gay man? Like... Yeah, I don't know. Invite who you want. Or just say, like, I don't want to invite anyone. Like, Yeah. Or, be- like, maybe talk about it. And be like, why are we doing this? Why are we yeah. doing this spice-up thing, really? Maybe we should talk about this before we have people coming over. Yeah. I don't know. It seems unhealthy. Well, I'm glad that I picked this movie, then. Because, <laughs> I don't know, just doing a straight-ahead gay drama a la Boys in the Band We'd been going around this genre. I don't want to revisit it anytime soon. I'm hoping that movies to come do not fall into this genre. But if we're doing bad gay movies, I want to do a bad gay drama, drama, drama. Like, no other genres attached to it. I'm glad we did, too. I mean, it sucked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it was terrible. (laughs) It was a terrible movie. 
Highly not recommended. Yeah. in that special way too like the very end there's like the last look around the place like we just had a very special time here didn't the memories we? made yeah. here and the last changed us and i think the last line is like you ready to go and he's like yeah i'm ready i vomited at that point <laughs> i threw up all over my living room i also projectile shit. Vomit. I, I shat and this movie gave you diarrhea yeah wow it was just a mess i mean i know how funny you think vomit and diarrhea are but... <laughs> well not when i have to clean it up i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah no this movie is a special kind of bad mm. so what special kind of bad do you have coming up for us next week ryan i'm going back to genre territory. Oh, thank God. And this time, uh, we're not doing a thriller. We're doing a straight-up horror. Okay. It's pretty low budge. Okay. A uh, little sad production values, but I think it plays on some themes that we've been that we've been playing with. It's called Into the Lion's Den. Okay. Never heard of it, but okay. Uh, yeah, some three guys on a road trip, and uh, they end up in the sticks somewhere, and uh, things go awry. Sounds intriguing. Yeah. I'm into it. It's uh, not good, though. Oh, okay. Not a good movie. All right, so you're, you're matching the rest of this season. Okay, yeah, gotcha. it's still Yeah, uh, it's still bad. Okay, I have to pee, so let's plug our junk and get the fuck out of here. Great. Follow us on Twitter at X-Rated Movies. Follow us on Facebook at Rated X Movies. Go to our website, xratedmovies.com. It's got everything we've done, stuff that you can't get on Stitcher or iTunes or Apple Podcast or... Podcoin or Spotify. All the stuff is there. Also, it looks nice, so you can have something nice to look at. And don't forget, we love seeing your reviews and stars on Apple Podcasts. This is a way to get our podcast out to other people. If you are enjoying listening to this fine quality content about shit content, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart Blumpkin. Jimmy Stewart Blumpkin is the way to go. It's already. Just put that review in. It's prepackaged. Write it. You're good to go. Just like a Blumpkin. <laughs> and uh, if you want to email us, x.rated.movies at gmail.com. I mean, what else can I say? Keep reaching for that rainbow. Rainbow.